add a bit of sunshine to your home with Easy Living Furniture's Garden Furniture Sale with stunning dining sets, cracking egg chairs and relaxing sun loungers that are in stock and ready for delivery there really is something for everyone and with an extra 10% off sale prices and free delivery over 399 now really is the time to let your garden shine Garden Sale now on Visit Easy Living Furniture Don't miss out Find your local store online at easylivingfurniture.ie This is an Irish independent podcast. Welcome to Real Health with me, Carl Henry. Folks, walking is meditation in motion. It's a way to clear the head, but it's so much more besides. If you've listened to the show over the course of the last couple of years, you'll know I love walking uh, and how beneficial it is and what it will do for you. We sing the benefits of walking from the rooftops because it is so simple. It is so easy to do and it is so beneficial. The mental and the health benefits are understated, but for an activity that is free, it can do so, so much. To dive into the many ways that we can walk and what are the best ways to walk, I am delighted to be joined by author of several books, including 52 Ways to Walk, Annabelle Streets. I picked up this book about six months ago and read it literally from cover to cover in one go. I was addicted. The content, the the way it was put together and just the promotion of how beneficial walking is and what it can do for you meant we had to have her on the show. Annabelle, welcome to Real Health. How are you? I'm good. It's lovely to be here. Thank you, Carl. I'm very excited to have you on. We love walking on this show. Uh, we do. It's so it's so good for you. Let's get to know you a little bit. What uh, what made you get into walking? What made you realise the benefits of it? Well, I actually grew up in a in a really sort of walking focused family because my parents didn't have a car. They never learned to drive. And we lived in a very remote part of uh, rural Wales. So if we wanted to do anything, see a friend or, you know, buy some bananas, anything at all, go to school, it was always on foot. So that was always really in my in my blood and bones. But then, of course, as I grew up, I, you know, I wanted to drive. I got a little car and my life slowly changed and I started becoming much more car centric, as, as of course we all are today. Uh, and then a couple of things happened. First of all, I started to get very, very bad lower back pain, which no amount of physiotherapy or osteopathy or chiropractic, nothing seemed to be able to solve it. Uh, and eventually, having spent quite a lot of money on, on all these professionals, I discovered that actually walking and moving seemed to really do the trick, uh, at which point I, I got myself a, a walking desk and started to try and you know oh, wow. move much of my sedentary day uh, make it more of a walking day because um, I spend a lot of my life walking, uh, working, working, sorry, working <laughs> at a desk, <laughs> working, I'm walking now, but working on a laptop writing. So how, do you, how do you find the treadmill desk? Actually, I really like it. I didn't know about treadmill desks until I opened a newspaper one day and I saw a, a photograph of Victoria Beckham and she was you know, designing her clothes, also looking very gorgeous and glamorous and walking on this treadmill desk. And I thought, well, if she can do it, I can do it. <laughs> so I do I do like it. But around the same sort of time, I have four children and a very large Labrador who needed a lot of walking. And my children always came up with excuses. So every every morning, every evening, I say, I need to walk the dog. Would you, you know, who would like to come with me? And there was always an excuse. You know, it's too wet. It's too dark. It's too cold. I'm too hungry. It's too boring. I got that one a lot. 
And at, at sort of around around the same time, I started to think, what if I could come up with a reply to every single excuse? Because our bodies are, you know, we're built to walk through snow and wind and rain. You know, we're not, we weren't built to just sit inside and then pop out when it's a sunny day. <laughs> so that's when I started doing uh, a lot of research and finding, in fact, actually that all of the excuses they gave me were, in fact, really good reasons to, to get out there. So rain is good and cold is good and dark is good and mud is good. And so then I had a whole bunch of answers up my sleeve when they gave me their, their, their rather feeble excuses. And, th- and did you get them out walking in the end? I did, actually. I did. So something like walking backwards, for example, which sounds really crazy. You know, if you've got small children, the idea of, you know, if you say, let's go out for a walk and we'll do a bit of backwards walking or a bit of, we'll do a bit of dancing, you know, suddenly they're all, oh, OK, that sounds fun. So I did start to get them out with me a little bit more. There's a guy who runs the Dublin City Marathon every single year backwards. No. He's from Donegal. Yeah, I've met him a couple of times and he runs with a little mirror off his head so you can see behind him and he runs the whole 26.2 miles backwards. And it's fascinating. It's 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 re- from a physiological perspective it's really it's really interesting. But anyway, yeah, actually pe- people try that. Try the walking backwards thing. It is really interesting and it's 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 phenomenally good for you. The cold was another really interesting one in, in the book in terms of the benefits of cold and cold exposure and not necessarily wrapping yourself up in like 20 layers with a big ski jacket on. Exposing your your body, your skin to the cold has loads of physical benefits and, and also body fat benefits and muscle benefits. Yeah, so it's really interesting because when we're born, we are, as babies, you know, we're born with this gorgeous layer of brown fat all around us, which is designed to to really preserve us in case in case mother was to walk off and forget about us we would live for a little bit longer because we've got this brown fat so brown fat is really good it's it's dense with energy and the interesting thing about brown fat is typically thin people have much more brown fat than than non-thin people and it tends to it tends to sort of sit in pockets up by the neck and the other amazing thing about brown fat really is that it eats up it gobbles up really bad white fat so the white fat is the stuff that sticks in the arteries and then gives us you know heart attacks and strokes brown fat gets rid of the white fat so it's got a bit of a horrible name brown fat but brown fat is great and the way to get brown fat is to expose yourself to cold particularly around the neck so i in the winter i would always go out and i wouldn't wrap myself up in my scarf now i'd keep the scarf open i'd keep the top buttons of my coat open just just for a little bit and then you know if it gets too much i'd wrap up but that's a really easy way to get more brown fat. And, and also take a coffee with you. Take a cup of coffee as you walk because coffee, caffeine, also prompts the body to make more brown fat. Hey, as a stimulant. Um, it, it's on our list for an episode to do next year at some stage is about brown fat and white fat and the difference between, the, between mm. the two. It's fascinating. I know in terms of myself, we walk by the sea, we walk in nature, we walk, we've got quail trails all around us down in West Cork and we get out as much as we possibly can. What kind of walking do you do then? So presumably that you've done several, you know, several different types. Well, I try and walk uh, everywhere, wherever possible. Um, and every year I'll go, I'll go off and do a, a really long walk, you know, two weeks, sort of a, a sort of pilgrimage style walk where I'm walking every single day, 20, 30 kilometers. And every year also I'll try and walk at altitude. I'll try and go to about 4,000 feet and, and walk there because that's really good for us. But in terms of uh, other walks, this, what's really interesting at the moment are walks beside the sea. And this is because uh, there are a bunch of scientists 
uh, I think there's a group of them in Belgium and a few in the UK who started doing really interesting research looking at sea air. So I think we all know that sea air is really good. If you talk to people, they will say, oh, I always feel better when I've got lots of sea air in me. And uh, an earlier study showed that people who walk by the sea sleep for 47 minutes longer after a, a beach walk than people who just walked around fields and parks. So there's something there. But these scientists in, in Belgium and Portsmouth have started to sort of unpick it. And sea air contains tiny, tiny molecules of seawater. And we know that seawater is really rich in magnesium and uh, calcium and uh, iodine and I think potassium. So whenever you're breathing in sea air, you're also getting a mineral supplement mm -hmm. for free. And of course, magnesium has been promoted everywhere as, the, as the, the, the sleep solution, isn't it? Yeah. And that might be why people are sleeping better after a beach walk. The other thing that they've just discovered, they've been putting cancer cells into Petri dishes with sea air. And they've discovered that the sea air also contains tiny, tiny little uh, sort of biochemical molecules that they think come from algae, uh, seaweeds and, and plankton. And these tiny little droplets, when put into a Petri dish with a cancer cell, are shrinking the cancer cell. So they're thinking that sea air is also anti-cancer. Anti yep. So these are really exciting studies. And they, they probably show why. They probably explain why people who live beside the sea typically live longer and have better health for longer. So it's it's a great place to walk. And of course, you see that with children. When you if you bring children over to to, to run on the beach for an hour, they're exhausted. Oh my god, floored! It's, it's fantastic. And in terms of walking, so people heading out for walks, uh, let's bring it to technology. In terms of should they walk technology free? Should they walk with music? Should they walk without music? What's your What's your take on that? I think it very much depends on on where you're walking and your state of mind. So obviously, if you're walking with a friend. <laughs> Hopefully you wouldn't be plugged into a podcast or <laughs> listening to different music. Hopefully you'd be engaging with them. If you're doing quite a dull walk, a sort of functional walk, you're you know you're walking down roads, you're trying to get to the dentist, and it's just going down you know roads with traffic, so it's not a very nice walk. I would always always plug in a really good podcast because it sort of distracts you. But I think if you're walking in in woodland, for example, you really want to be able to hear the bird song. Again, the great 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 research showing. Um, how birdsong really lifts the spirits. People just feel happier when they hear that. And I think they probably feel happier hearing birdsong than, than any podcast, even yours. Sorry. So there's just okay. something about it. And the same goes with uh, sea. People find the sound, just the, the music of the waves. They find that really, really relaxing. So, so I would always think about where you're going to be and then determine whether you're going to be plugged into something or, or not. Generally, actually, I'm not. Um, Generally, I quite like. And also, I think if you want to, if you're going for a walk and you want to come up with some ideas, you're trying to find a solution to a problem or something, you, you don't want to be distracted by music or a podcast. You just want to be able to let your brain meander in the landscape. Because it is a great thing for problem solving and for when your brain is ticking over with an issue or a problem or whatever, maybe you'll always feel better after a walk and movement because you're you're processing it as you're moving. Yeah, well, a minute the minute you stand up, your brain engages and you start to produce completely different set of hormones. So as soon as you stand up, your body, your brain produces uh, neuropinephrine and cortisol, which are the two hormones that keep us, you know, alert and focused and help us concentrate. And as soon as we stand up, our brain has to work out, okay, 
where are we going? Uh, are we going to go fast or slow? Do I need to put clo extra clothes on? Which direction? So your brain has to work immediately. So as soon as that happens, you know, all sorts of things just start opening up in your mind, in your memory. And I think it makes it much easier for us to, to find solutions and ideas. And chat to me about speed of walking then. So like we, we talk about that here quite a bit in terms of there's a walk, right? Which is like, like you and I are chatting now. It's a very gentle, it's relaxing. We're socially interacting. It's good for, you know, uh, for, for blue zoning, green zoning, the social components of health. And then there's like a walk where you're like you're walking fast and you're, you know, the heart's pounding a little bit, your breathing rate's up, you're swinging your arms to get the body kind of moving a little bit as you're walking. Is there, my question is, is there an optimum sp uh, speed to walk at? Uh, or presumably there are different walks have different functions. Yeah, absolutely. I, I would agree that different walks have different functions. So if you want to be generating ideas, you don't want to be walking too fast because then all your energy, <laughs> all your energy is absorbed by trying to you know keep that pace going, keep the heart going. So for creative ideas, definitely it should be more of a, a, a gentle stroll. Um, I think if you want to, if you if you want exercise, you want to be walking, uh, you know, as, as fast, really as fast as you can, and the brisker the better. But it's all relative. So, someone who's very fit, for them, walking fast. Someone who's not so fit, for them, walking fast will be perhaps slow for someone who is fit, if that makes sense. So it's always just about going so that at a pace that is a little bit challenging for you. Mm -hmm. Uh, and so that you you should be able to really feel your heartbeat going a bit faster, possibly a little bit a little bit of a sheen on your face, and you should feel very slightly out of breath if you were to try and speak or sing. Fabulous, I love it. Great answer. It's good, but it, you know it, it is important for people to realise that because a lot of people will go and walk the dog. And they'll stop like 20 times on the walk and they're never really getting out of breath. And then they're not, you know, they're, they're, they're not really getting the physical, but the maximum benefits of it. And they will think that it's they're exercising, but they're not. And it, it is important to, to differentiate between the walking and walking where you're, you, you know, to push the body because we need to push the body for the, for the benefits in terms of even from a mental health perspective, obviously walking is fabulous. It's one of the best yes. things to improve mental health, I would think. Yes, yes, that's right. And that's partly because as soon as we start walking, we start to produce this amazing cascade of biochemicals. I mean, it's extraordinary. We have these things called endocannabinoids, which obviously sounds like cannabis and it, and it works like <laughs> cannabis. Actually, you know, that's why when we go for a walk, we feel happier and calmer because we're full of endocannabinoids. <laughs> the brain produces something called BDNF, brain-derived neurotrophic factor, which actually is really good for the brain. It's like a sort of miracle grow for our brain cells. Uh, and in fact, recently, scientists discovered yet another extraordinary compound that we produce when we walk. And it's actually it actually comes from the muscles themselves. And it's called platelet factor four, a catchy little name, PF4. And that has been linked to all sorts of things, including, you know, dampening down inflammation. So, uh, and they keep discovering new things. So as soon as you move, just, just these biochemicals pour through your body that make you feel happy, joyful, calm, all those things we want to feel. Um, but generally, the, the faster you walk, the more the body produces them. So if you can mix it up, I quite often I quite often say to people, well, you know, maybe start slowly and speed up and, and then do a quick bit where you're going as fast as you can. You're really brisk. And then just slow back down again. So it's a sort of, uh, you know, sort of intermittent walking. <laughs> oh, fast and slow. Love it, which is great. How does walking make you feel then? 
So we're, we're, we're chatting to all this advice to people who are listening in in terms of what, 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 what they get from it. Do you still, after, you know, have been such a, an avid walker, do you still get that kick from it now? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I think it's, I think walking, once, once you get used to walking and it's in your life and you're doing it, you know, twice a day, it becomes like food and sleep. You need it. You just need it. It's not an addiction, but you you need it in the way that we need to eat and drink. Uh, and if I have a day where I haven't walked, uh, I will actually go out, you know, in the evening after dark and sort of just go around the block uh, because it's a it's a it's a, it's, a, it's a physiological need. After kind of the habit of you know twenty five thirty days or whatever it may be, you get into the, the routine of walking every evening or twice a day or whatever it may be. It's rhythm, it's pattern, it's routine. And that routine is really important for settling into a new habit of walking more, isn't it? Yeah, I think the the idea of a routine is really important, not just because it, it, it means it's part of our life and we're, we're less likely to, to not do it. So it becomes more like sort of brushing your teeth, really. It's just something you do in the morning and maybe something you do again in the evening. But again, a study that came out last week actually showed that we actually have, we have these little clocks, little, you know, the body clock, we have this overall body clock in our brain, but we also have tiny little body clocks in our muscles. Oh, this wasn't known before. Uh, and these body clocks start to recognize our regularity, our pattern of walking. So if we walk every morning, those little body clocks in our muscles are expecting us to walk and they become much more efficient and they set the whole of our circadian clock because they know we always walk at eight o'clock. So the whole body becomes used to that sort of that pattern, that rhythm. And then the body works much more efficiently. And those little clocks, everything is then primed to work really well at eight o'clock. So it's brilliant for dog walkers who are typically very, <laughs> very regular because, you know, the dog knows this. The dog knows that at 8 a.m. it must go out and at 4 a.m. it always has a walk. 4 p.m., sorry, it always has a walk. So dog walkers, I think, have just got it down to a, a fine art, thanks to the dog. You obviously have a fascination for content and for knowledge and you've a, you've a grow, you have a love for it. Even chatting to you, you can get that. It's very tangible. When you're writing the book, did you come across anything across those 52 ways that really surprised you in terms of the research, in terms of the content, in terms of the, were there aspects of it that you weren't expecting to discover? Yeah, God, I discovered so many things that surprised me. Um I mean, backwards walking was quite a revelation <laughs> because, you know, I was like, why would you do that? But of course, it works a completely different chain of muscles. And also the thing about backward walking, which you would never really think of, is that it's really good for lower back. So I was suffering, as you know, from lower back pain. So I started doing quite a lot of backwards walking. Uh, and as I researched, it, I discovered that backwards walking did other things, too. It was It helps you to remember things, pull things out of your memory in a way that doesn't happen when you walk forwards. I've no idea why no one really understands this, but it's something to do with the psychological thing of going backwards helps us to step backwards through our memory. So backwards walking was quite a revelation. Uh, walking at night was quite a revelation. I would never have done that before. Uh, looking at how the differences that take place when we walk alone versus when we walk with other people, that was really interesting. So when we walk with a group of people, we produce a, another set of uh, another set of another hormone called oxytocin, the love hormone. Particularly if we walk with people we like, and we we go into we sort of step in rhythm with them, uh, which explains why often the military use it quite a lot as a, a technique. You know, getting getting soldiers to march together in rhythm, very very bonding. People on pilgrimages often will form a really tight friendship, and that's partly we think because of the oxytocin. So they're all walking with a sort of love hormone. <laughs> this love hormones are raging between them. So I found that really interesting. 
yeah, there was a lot I found fascinating. You, you could have a new speed dating business going there now, walking and speed dating at the same time and everyone would be happy out. <laughs> what did your neighbours think when they saw you walking backwards around the, around the neighbourhood? I'm, I'm intrigued by that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm a bit of a, I'm a bit of a, a chicken actually so I would often walk backwards when there was no one around I'd find a really empty street and quite often early in the morning I like to get up early and there's no one really around and I would just walk along backwards when no one was looking (laughs) (laughs) the place to go is Tokyo where everybody's walking backwards and no one is ashamed yeah you were were telling me that before we kicked off you you do know that in our sound production uh, area there's there's three guys in there all walking backwards as we chat uh (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> testing, testing it out. They tend to do that in there. Um, and chats about runners then and footwear. So we've covered a lot of the benefits of walking and why it's important and what it can do. We know it, it's brilliant. And I, I just love people who are as passionate as you are about things. It's great. Footwear then is important. So if people are listening in, they're going to start walking more, be it forwards or backwards. Getting the right footwear is crucial. Presumably, if you are clocking at mileage, you're changing your footwear on a fairly regular basis and, and, and you know looking at your runners. And your, your foot health is probably very important too. Yeah, so the the footwear the footwear issue is quite an interesting one. The most important thing is that what you're wearing on your feet are really really comfortable, and you're not getting you're not getting blisters and it's not rubbing. I have become a devotee of uh, barefoot. Oh, have you? Okay, Vi- uh, vibram vibrams or fully barefoot? Yes. Uh, well, no, well, no, not fully barefoot, but yes, vibrams and and some Vivo barefoot shoes. I have a, a, quite a lot of those. Uh, and I like them because they give your that they're designed to uh, suit the the natural shape mm-hmm. of the foot, which means that when you're walking, you can use all five of your toes. None of them are none of them are sort of pushed in or or cramped together. Uh, and also, again, more studies that have shown that barefoot or as barefoot as you can go, even just walking around the house with socks rather than wearing your trainers, is really good for the muscles in your feet. And, and and possibly also for the bones that needs to be that needs further investigating, but I just I like I like feeling the earth and the and the, the terrain beneath the sole of my feet. I like to be able to feel, you know, whether I'm walking over you know over sort of rutted land or stony land or or sand, but to get a sense of the the terrain, if that makes sense, rather than just feeling the you know the thick sole of a trainer. But some people some people really like trainers because they're they're springy and you can get a nice bit of bounce. So it kind of comes back to what you, you know, what you like to do. I, I tend to go out in the, to the garden in the morning, or actually at any time of the day, barefoot, and just hang out in the grass. And it's lovely. It's very earthing. It's kind of quite, kind of, kind of relaxes me a little bit and kind of calms me, calms me down a tad. It does. I mean, it's been proven to do that. Yeah, to go out in the grass, especially if it's got, you know, nice dewy grass. You want something damp because the, the water is, the water is important apparently. And uh, yeah, just for a couple of minutes. It's lovely. It's really nice. Um, If people want to find you on Instagram or if people want to buy the book, uh, the book is 52 Ways to Walk. We know that. On Instagram, where are you? I'm at Annabelle Abs. A-N-N-A-B-E-L-A-B-B-S. Amazing. There I am. Annabelle, it's been great to chat with you. Uh, we are big promoters of walking and it's brilliant to have you on the show with your fascinating insights and the very best to look with the book. Folks, I really hope you enjoyed today's episode of Real Health. Keep walking, walk more. The more you walk, the better it is going to be for absolutely everything. As ever, you know where we are at Carl Henry PT on Instagram, realhealth.independent.ie. Walk loads this week and we'll see you next week for more Real Health. Slonga folk. So